0: Hey guys, just wanted to get into it today with uh, something a little different. just wanted to test out some D&D and other RP character archetypes and uh, just build a little bit of a basis to fill my pages for my D&D group. I was talking to a guy at work um, about D&D, he's a DM as well, and we were just swapping war stories. and you wind up coming up with the same sort of um, rogues gallery, same roster of frequent NPCs that you throw in the game and a a couple player character standbys too if you need, but uh, you just wind up having this stable of characters and it's fun to uh, talk to other DMs and see who they got and see what kind of quirks or tips they can bring to the table and Obviously, you want to keep it fresh, and it's something that's entirely driven by your imagination. So, having some fresh ideas is always great. Um, he was asking me a lot about mine and uh, what kind of characters I've thrown at the group and what played before. So, just wanted to uh, answer some of that here and see if that you know anyone feel free to take or integrate any of these character ideas near games. And the same way, if you have something that you always find is a great. Old standby or something that you think always plays well with the group, I'd love to hear it too so it goes both ways um, for me, the number one uh, go-to is always the Scottish dwarven blacksmith slash adventurer slash just angry dwarven gentleman <laughs> for me, dwarves are always Scottish because there's a, a Hollywood portrayal of them that puts it that way but moreover, the dwarven culture is very aggressive. It's very tuned to a sort of Scottish mentality. That stereotype that uh, drunken, angry lout—the Scottish people are—it's a bit rigid and it's portrayal of them. But it certainly jives very well with the dwarven maths <laughs> myths. <laughs> it comes out like maths, but that one's always uh, dwarves. To me, are like intrinsically Scottish. Whenever you portray them, and they're sort of always a hard-edged character. It's always like, a, "What can I do for you?" Like it was, I think the Diablo one. Uh, what can I do for you? But the Diablo one uh, arms dealer or something, or blacksmith. But uh, yeah, they're always uh, aggressive, hard edge um, characters. They're sort of hesitant or reluctant even to help the, the PCs. And I don't know. I think uh, dwarves are always great. They're sort of reliable in being, you know, unendingly stubborn and challenging to the group gives you like tremendous flexibility to resist the uh, someone in the group who's good at like bargaining or persuasion because dwarves are just better at it than you <laughs> bargaining anyway. Persuasion now they're just kind of immune to it, a bit of stubbornness, but um sort of aristocratic, like if fit British aristocratic characters that can sort of take a multitude. They can be more of a traditional London type or even like more of a cookney if they're sort of like a, a gang leader, or like a like a mug-and-top top, uh, trolley but you know? I made up a lot of those, those words, but as English people do, I imagine. That's just to say, England, as English people will tell you, is filled with a ton of different accents, but for some reason in, in North America, our, our the imaginative sensibilities always dictate that villains kind of have that Britishness, so even uh, the sort of cold, uh, Alan Rickman type of calculated British evil, it's always the villain in England so the Brits sort of have that, that <laughs> yeah, I don't know the ability to innately make themselves sound villainous uh, and calculating again if it's more of a like a cockney type of street level it's not that same effect but English English is proper English and the accent can absolutely turn the tide of any conversation but Irish people, uh, for some reason I don't want to be, you know, offensive and somebody who I d with for many a year, which I should just say repeat, because there's a ton of things like and was a, an Irishman and he used to enjoy when we put on the old, like, oh, it's the Irish barkeep or perhaps maybe the uncomfortable Irish snitch who you could give some gold to and might reveal a couple of castle secrets and just plays up stereotype at the time no offense to my Irish friends out there I love it, but that's always good for like a, a low level like, like I call them like breakable NPCs that like they're either going to mind fuck or, or bargain fuck or just straight up put his head through the wall. Depends on the group, to be honest. I'm going to straight up apologize moving forward if any of them offend anybody. I've always enjoyed accents and uh, theatrical and uh, almost Andrew logical way, I would say. I just enjoy accents as as a a sort of fundamental human phenomenon that develops, and I'm fascinated by it. I don't mean to offend anybody at any given time. Um, I am fairly ethnically diverse, if that makes any difference to people who think that makes a difference. But uh, anyway, I always enjoy the sort of Chinese um, shen, the covetous shen from Diablo 3, earlier Diablos, I'm not sure. It's sort of like the Chinese storekeeper who's very stingy with money. I give you X for four gold pieces I'm like Let me go, you know, I know two gold. I'm like, no, you pay three gold, you pay now. I'm like, <laughs> Yup, i pay later. Chinese accents are hilarious and I the Chinese people are rich in a phenomenal culture that I actually studied in university, but they have the ability to just be shrewd business people and in games. The group does not get past my Chinese market dealers, my the Chinese stall owners. Um Similarly in Stalin was, uh, the Arabic characters are always great. And I'm gonna be honest. I have a lot of family in Israel, and like uh, sometimes Arabic and Hebrew accents, you can't fucking tell apart and the people, and like I they know they're all like angry, and they should be, you know, kind of chill about it because they're sometimes seemingly very hard to tell apart <laughs> linguistically, and the language themselves obviously differ quite a bit, but just the accents and stuff and the dudes. But there's always the uh, like the Arab stall market keeper who. He drive a hard bargain, but he is fair. And uh, maybe his culture comes in there. He's uh, got a simitar, And maybe the hat from Aladdin, the big hat. He's uh, very aggressive, though. He's quick to run the town militia. So, I mean, the accent kind of can can be whatever flavor you want, you know what I mean? It's sort of a... Just make the character suit what's going on. The scene of the... Sort of the setting of the city and the scenes that you're trying to set in your, your RP, it's more use the characters for what you want but I love that accent especially you watch something like The Mummy and you have just uh, I can't do the accent justice but Oded Fear the Israeli actor who plays of um, Bay. that's a really good one too like do you have any idea what you have done like it's almost it, well that kind of came out a little bit Hebrew but he's cool check him out Hebrew accents are fun too I mean I, I, I'll be able to be the first one to make a mildly offensive Jewish joke, as my personal heritage gives me some of that benefit. But um, that sort of Israeli really, um, uh, Jewel Smith or Armor or, or Shopkeeper again, or traveling Bard, even sort of the wise man who travels and he tells you the Jewish tales, he tells you of the ancestors and of the, the great Bardic stories. And maybe you dip him. I don't know. Maybe if you don't dip him, he stabs you in the throat. I don't know what this. I should know. But I do have an onion soup. No meat in it. You can always do, like, the sort of wise-traveling um, scholarly bard guy and throw in that rabbi flavor. I always enjoyed that. Give it sort of a uniqueness to it. Um, all manner of, of traveling, reading a book, actually, called Jongliers. Probably butchering the pronunciation. My brother speaks French, so atrocious that I don't, but... You can have uh, a traditional French accent, so it's uh, a traveling uh, Francois, which I say, and he says baguettes, but also his sword, and he's come from Lyon, on the crusade. So, you know, it's actually, a lot of that is heavily inspired by the book I'm reading, but that European archetype, sort of romantic uh, Spanish, Italian, French, it uh, plays very well. You can do any of the sort of, the same... Finesse, the same romanticism, comes from them. <laughs> it started becoming a little Dracula there, but I will say that Dracula accents, as a reminder, are a huge bread and butter in my campaigns, and that just means that the group recently got off a very long stint in um, like a Transylvania-type area in my game, in my universe called Skavania. But, yeah, sue me. So, um, a lot of the characters were uh, traditional Eastern European, but the Count himself, he wasn't actually a Count, but he was the main villain, he was very dracula very uh, vampire ways, and the inflections of the words. It's uh, almost a little Jewish, but uh, equal parts vampire. Makes you wonder. Um, there were, in the game, sort of a forest-dwelling, druidic people, and I had sort of d- opted to give them, like, a traditional Native, Native American or Native Canadian uh, sort of rich, natural culture, like we are the first people who have been here. It is our land, and in our land we aim to help you, as long as you protect the land. And it was funny because a lot of the dialogue, when I was sort of going over in my head, sounded like things that had been repurposed from um, Swamp Thing. <laughs> so I think just sort of tends to dwell on talking about preserving the green. But I found them great. They were sort of uh, encountered, and, and they had like a lot of druids turned into like wolves and traditional sort of native-inspired animals, and um, actually very entertaining was, uh, like, we will fight for you but you must swear that you will not fuck us over in a bargain so you know, again it's a, quite a good friend at work who's part of Ojibwe Our, I'm gonna hope that's the right tribe and nothing but respect to my, my native indigenous brothers from Toronto so I mean we're definitely taught in school that not only is it super cool that you guys are here but there was some Dick at school situations that we did, so that we should sort of so sorry for. It. I mean, not truthfully, I laugh because I always laugh, but yeah, guys, that wasn't cool. So, anyway, there's a lot of uh, characteristics that you can apply to different people and swap the accents around, and I mean, don't be limited to what comes up as an existing stereotype. So, like, if you need a Japanese warrior, he does not have to be a Samurai. He could not be uh, an aristocrat, and he could uh, go to the kyogen Theater. Get a little weird there. I don't know why Kyogen was the only Japanese word in there. It's an interesting type of theater. You should check it out, guys. Um, anyway, Japanese character as a samurai. Cliche, obviously. Japanese character as rich silk merchant with a penchant for um, exotic animal trade. Rewarding. Bring me pelts. And I wanna make you a fondantasticu dioru. Still a little off, a little racist. I apologize for both. I went to school to not offend people for that specifically, so that's what it is. <laughs> Justifications are getting flipped through as I go. Although I do have a degree in Japanese history, so that one I feel like is mildly earned. Um, I feel a lot of um, Mexican accents, or traditional Mexican accent, is very fun to do. A little bit hard to place in a fantasy setting and I don't mean that offensively, it's just it's sort of a such a, a modern association but um, I really found that it was like a group of, of mercenary assassins, like the snake people I always forget their species name like, a or something? No, it might be something else but um, there were like a kind of streetwise group of Mexicans man, they were like Equally willing to take a job, but they might cut you, man. They were, uh, slave people, though, you know? Ready to get up in there and fucking slither on you, man. Slither on that shit. Well, I mean, this is hard because, you know, you don't watch Lord of the Rings and see any of that, so it doesn't. That's always what I go to when you're trying to bring fantasy to people who are unaware of what fantasy is. Like, if you can explain it by associating it to Lord of the Rings, they'll understand. Orcs? Done. Trolls? Done. Dragons? Well, that's a bigger one, but, um,. Ent, yes. uruk yes. Drow, no. Um, Necromancer, well, I guess the Hobbit. Um, beholders, no. Uh, Mindflare, well, Stranger Things kind of has a mind player, but it's not really explained. doesn't matter. If something's in Lord of the Rings, people get it, and if it's not, you really have to work that extra hard to, to bring it to the light properly. Um, so that was just a few, um, a few accents. There was... Uh, in Russian characters and sort of a northern, uh, strong but often friendly role, you can have a lot of fun. It's uh, you have the Colossus from Deadpool, you have uh, the Heavy from Team Fortress. It can be anyone. I mean, I don't mean the rudeness, but it can be man from Poland. It can be man from Czechoslovakia. It can be men from Kislev In Warhammer, it can be man from the frozen north in the Chaos. It can be. It's whatever you want. the northern archetype is great Um, speaking of northern Canadian I found no serious application for in a fantasy setting Um, as much as that hurts me as a proud Canadian there's just no like Toronto I I could get into another day the complexities of the Toronto accent and what the world view of it is versus what it seems to actually be all that aside the traditionally known like upbeat, happy Canadian hoser-type accent, eh? Like a guy who's just really to uh, roll up his sleeves, grab a Timmy's a double-double, and uh, just get the most out of the day, eh? You know? No matter what the HE double hockey stick's going on, I'm gonna greet the day with a smile. So that kind of friendly gumption of the, the northern variety has absolutely fuck all place in a fantasy game without people just ripping you a new one and just being like, I can't do it this character. I shoot hockey pucks at him in the universe. True story. But, um, so much fun you can have. There's, I'm gonna definitely go through this again uh many episodes from now, or maybe not so many, but um, I'm gonna introduce a bunch more content to my group and give them some options of where to go from there, and depending on, obviously, which way they swing on that, I'm gonna have to make up a whole stable of new characters, some new monsters, and 100% gonna rant on it again. So... In terms of monsters, I'm looking for sort of mid to high level creatures who can threaten them but not destroy them because one of the things I remember uh, rapping about with that guy was there's this really frustrating line you have to walk, especially with groups that um, maybe aren't as experienced where the monster has to be challenging but also killable and it's very hard. Either like these people get slapped to the ground and just shit on, or they just blow the monster in half. It's a challenge. So... Yeah, wish you guys uh, all the best. Uh, As it was last episode, it's still hot as fucking balls here, so I really hope that it breaks soon and we get some sort of extreme winter, which I know is extremely unlikely, and that's not a realistic hope, but I hope it at least fucking rains and stops being so goddamn humid. But as I sit adjacent to my air conditioner, I bid you guys adieu. I'll see you next time.